G'day listeners and welcome back to the Keeper League for another week. Uh, welcome to the Round 17 podcast. Uh, big week in fantasy football, a lot of carnage in terms of injuries and uh, yeah, we'll talk about a few of those but as per usual I'm joined by my co-host Kays. How are you mate? How was your weekend? Very enjoyable. I was over in Melbourne uh, this weekend, watched the Dons and Kangaroos game at the Dome. It was very, very exciting. Anthony McDonald to Moody, playing he, some footy. He loved playing footy and kicking snags. Yeah, that was a pretty impressive finish. Uh, I saw highlights and bits and pieces, but I didn't actually watch a lot of football on the weekend. I was at the uh, Beer and Barbecue Festival most of the weekend, so I think I got a couple games in on Sunday, but uh, yeah, I missed a lot of it. So It's a bloody good event, that Beer and Barbecue Festival. Yeah, bloody oath. It's, uh, I want to get over to the Gabs in Melbourne as well, but mm-hmm. uh, try to do that next season. But yeah, it just means I'm going to be guessing a lot this week because uh, I didn't <laughs> see a lot of football, so take my advice with a, uh, with a grain of salt this week. If you anyway, don't, usually. Yeah, exactly. I yeah. wouldn't be trusting me anyway. Uh, let's move on to some of the breaking news. So, Kay's what? What's up? Well, Alan Richardson today stepped down. I suppose he jumped before he got pushed, really, in the end. I think it was probably still pushed. Probably well, he knew yeah. what was coming. But uh, good on him. But I suppose the big thing with the, the coach changes that we've seen a bit with David Teague and Reece Shaw is that um, it can kind of open up a few new opportunities for players or not necessarily players getting uh, games in the side, but more about their role changes. So if you think about someone like uh, Jai Simpkin, who's had a pretty good month uh, bar the weekend, yeah. um, you know, uh, Reece Shaw's used him in different areas and, and he's become more fantasy relevant. So just over the next week or two, potentially keep an eye on a few Saints players um, who have been, you know, a bit up and down with form, you know, potentially you yeah, Nunes, Clarks, Akers, these kind of yeah, these guys, you know, guys <laughs> who back. guys who um uh you know have some fantasy game, but yeah, you know sure. have been a bit down. So um, interesting to see what uh, Brett Ratton does with um, some of these guys. Yeah, it might be a good little audition for him as well. Uh, mm. I think there might be a few clubs looking at him as a, as a senior coach next year. So big time, be interesting to see. All right, what about some players? Uh, what happened there? Well, the big one is Stevie Coniglio. So he's gone for the year, um, eight weeks with a knee injury. Thankfully, not an ACL for anyone there, but uh, obviously kills a lot of teams because he he's been a very very good captain option this year and been busting yep. out some big scores. So my first round draft pick in my redraft league. Yeah, that hurts. Yeah, same a, same in my. Um, yeah. Redraft league too, so uh, that helps the depth there. But I suppose it really depends on what comes in, who comes in in there. So surely our boy Jackson Haley gets a go. He's been ripping up the knee for once again. Well, I'd say definitely. Like, I would say yes. But then I read an article today saying Jai Coldwell is also in the frame uh, to come back in and take that spot as well. So I guess. Hately, I oh know Hately probably plays inside and outside, but then Coldwell is that real kind of inside, like you know, prime mover of the ball as well. Mm. So it depends what they want to replace him with. Uh, yeah. It might come down to that, uh, what role they actually want the player to play. Yeah. Uh, the other person thrown up was uh, Aiden Bonar as well. So, or is it Bonar or Bonar? I don't know. We'll go with Bonar. <laughs> um, yeah, he'd be an interesting one too. I suppose of the guys already in the side, um, in looking at Lockie Whitfield, Polygony, a bit more midfield time, and yeah. Adam Tomlinson's one who's been playing very well this year, and he could see a little bit of a, a bump up there too with a bit more responsibility yeah that uh, GWS uh, midfield just gets more and more depleted I just it's kind of hard to see them firing a shot this year but uh, anyway let's not talk about real football let's keep no. going with fantasy uh, my boy Michael Hurley he hurt his shoulder on the weekend and almost uh, was the reason that the Ruse got back in the game there because we were pretty short um, with big guys but you'd think that Paddy Ambrose comes in to replace him he's not really a viable fantasy option but um, hopefully with him playing that lockdown role might mean that someone like 
uh, Kyle Hooker uh, scores a few more points if he can intercept and, and that kind of thing because he had to uh, go into that lockdown role on the weekend. So uh, Ambrose is a bit more boring and a bit more of a spoiler. So um, not one that you'd be looking to pick up, but might kind of help Hooker back there. And after we talked up Toby McLean last week, uh, he's come out with a bit of a bit of an injury too. So who's in? Well, probably Tom Libertore. Libre. I think he's right to go. So. Back. Nice. Yeah, so I reckon that might be the uh, the next one there. Um, absolute carnage in the Port Adelaide game with Ryan Burton, Brad Ebert, and uh, Ollie Wines going down. Looks like they're all going to miss a fair bit of footy. Yeah. Um, so, right here, we start off Ryan Burton. He's gone for about a month with a hammy. Uh, Dan Houston, surely the one that comes back in there. We didn't play last week, but mm. the other one, I think, was uh, Matthew Broadbent, who absolutely carved up against the top-place Crows in the Sandful, and Port Adelaide actually got the win there. So, uh, yeah, he played really well as really impressive and so he could be in line to come back too he only really went out because of the uh, mental health mm. issues so he could be straight back in good to see him straight back in uh, Brad Ebert he's uh, gone for a few weeks too yeah um, PCL I think it is yep so you're likely type to come in for him yeah probably Dersma I think we'll just you know he shouldn't have been dropped last week I think he was more rested than anything but Ken said he was dropped yeah I don't get that If oh, you know what I think about Ken Hinckley so yeah that's um, you love him oh yeah, yeah that's it uh, so you know if he's dropped after that's that that's on the record you know, oh, you know I can keep replaying that snippet back if I knew how to operate your computer. I didn't say I love Ken Hinckley. Oh, wait, I just did then. <laughs> <laughs> Bang. Uh, but anyway, I think, yeah, Dersma should not have been out of the side in the first place. So he'll come straight back in. And uh, Ollie Wines, uh, you know, Willem Drew, I think, played all right in the twos as well. Yep. So same, similar type of player. Yeah, replaced him earlier in the season when he was out with the shoulder. So And early on in the year, Willem Drew was pretty good without Ollie Wines in there. Yeah, so, yeah, for sure. Um, could be one that really comes in and, and starts scoring quite nicely. All right, let's uh, move on from the breaking news and straight into the round rewind. Okay, into the round rewind, the segment where we review all the games, look at the uh, fantasy-relevant players, guys that performed well, guys that underperformed, all that sort of stuff, and uh, we'll get stuck in with the West Coast versus Collingwood game. Uh, I did not have a look at this, but I had a look at some fantasy scores that uh, coincided with it. So. It was a good game. What's that? It was a good game. Yeah, was it? Yeah. Oh, okay, well, you can maybe comment a bit more on what I players can. play. Yes, so. you far away. Uh, Jared Cameron uh, had 101 points, 13 disposals, seven tackles and four goals. So, I don't know, it looks it looks like a really good performance. But mm. the, from what I saw the previous week, a uh, bit of a, you know, the small forward factor, kick four goals to get to his 100 points. But Jamie Cripps being out, I noticed he got injured as well. Do you reckon mm-hmm. that could have a have a factor case? Probably just means he holds his spot. You know, I don't yeah. think there's too much, um, you know, worry with that because, um you know of of how well he's been playing, but you know it's it's always this thing with forwards when they're kicking goals. You know they're fantastic, but yeah. you know you can go from one hundred one week to a thirty the next week with that. You know not too much difference in their game really, apart from the goals and, and that kind of thing. What I've noticed though is with you know West Coast had Jack Petricelli playing for quite a bit for the mm-hmm. earlier season. They want they're playing like a young small forward. They've got someone in that role. Yep. I reckon he holds it down <clears> over Petricelli yeah. at the moment. They've got a very quick forward line like Rioli. Um, few other guys in there too so that you know they've got darling and kennedy that they focus but they've got a real mosquito fleet around there so it's working for them obviously didn't work for them friday night but uh i think jared cameron's around the stain yeah he's been playing pretty well just like his brother 
Uh, Thomas Cole, uh, 89 points, 15 disposals and 10 marks. That was his second biggest score of the year. Mm. I think he had a 96 in round two or something like that. Yep. Uh, I reckon it's more of the flash in the pan type stuff here. He's not really on my radar. What about you nah. guys? Yeah, he's a very solid defender. Um, but yeah, he's just it's one of those games, I think, where it just kind of came in and he grabbed a few marks and went from there. Now, I've got Nick Nanui on my list, but he got injured. He's gone. Um, yeah, he's apparently gone for the rest of the year, so mm. it's not really worth uh, talking about too much. But well, I guess in terms of next year, Case, you know, do you trust him now that he's you know this injury prone that this can happen? Well, at least it's not a knee, so it's an ankle injury. But, you know, they're talking at least the end of the AFL season and potentially the final season, final series. So, you know, it makes it tough because, you know, he's got so much talent. But the thing is, he's never been a a big 100-plus averaging Ruckman. You know, he's been one of those, you know, mid-70s, 80s when he's been up and and about. Yeah, his best two seasons were high 80s. And he's a fantastic footballer, don't get me wrong. But, you know, you've come off two knees and now this ankle injury uh, makes it bloody tough. If you're in your high 80s, though, you'd be around a top 10 Ruckman, though. Yeah, but it's whether you want to hold that spot, you know, like yeah. you know, especially in a league where you've maybe got 10 teams, you know, yes, a few uh, teams will keep two Ruckman. Yeah. You know, what can you get, you know, first round of a draft with, a, you know, potentially someone like a Tom Bell Chambers back into a pool or, or something like that, you know, is, is it worth holding him in a keeper spot? That's the big question you've got yeah, to ask. He's probably going to be in a lot of pools next year, so mm-hmm. one to think about. Uh, Brody Mycheck, 120 points, 10 marks, four goals, 80 from his past, pie, uh, past five. Mm. Um, he's been a serviceable option all yeah. year, and I reckon as a last forward, you can't really go wrong with him. No, he's super He's super consistent, which is great. Always yeah. seems to be kicking goals and takes a great grab, so, you know, great F5 option. Uh, James Ash had 96 points, 24 disposals, and nine marks. He's been serviceable uh, when he's on the park this season. Mm. Still probably a borderline starter for mine, but he just needs to be a little bit more consistent. What do you think? Uh, I reckon he's one of, one that keeps developing for Collingwood. Um, yeah. They've got a few players in that similar ilk, but you know, every time he fronts up for the side, he scores really well. Um, yeah. You know, he does yo-yo a bit. He does. You yeah. know, it's probably hard to make a case for him to be a keeper for next year, you know, around the average yeah. you know, 12 to 16 keeper kind of spot. But, um, you know, someone you'd be looking to, you know, draft pretty early again, especially if he's got back status. Yeah, I think just playing each week and stuff and, you know, the potential mm. to go big makes him, you know, adds that value there. Mm. Uh, Levi Greenwood, had 80 to follow up his 81 from last game. Still too inconsistent for me. Tagging role makes it bloody hard. Yeah, and if he's not tagging, he's playing, you know, back pocket, the halfback type thing, and it's just not, yep. he's locking down people. Yep. Uh, Isaac Quainer. So we talked about him quite a bit last week, so there's a bit of hype around him. And 48 points and from 11 disposals. And we kind of flagged this last week that he was didn't really have a super AFL fantasy uh, pedigree, and he was more of a super coach type. But then I don't mm-hmm. think the super coach score was even there this week. Uh, I think it was only 56 and then 48 for uh, AFL fantasy. So... <laughs> I don't know. We did we did flag this that he probably is probably not the best like you know uh, AFL fantasy type as he kind of doesn't get as many kicks and yep. you know that sort of stuff marks yep. stuff like that. But it's more about his quality of disposal. Um, what do you think, Case? Just uh, as I said last week, with his size and his poise and that kind of thing, he's one that I'm actually quite keen to see how he goes the rest of the season. Um, obviously, it depends if he holds his spot week in week out. But I just think there's something there that he he might have the ability to, and it might not be necessarily a genuine fantasy gun. But you know, he could be a very handy you know 80 average back. You know. Which is uh, quite quite good as we know. All right, let's move on to the Sydney Swans versus Carlton game at the SCG. Yes. Um, well, we'll start off with Sydney. So Tom Papley, he had 90 points and just one of those guys who continues to tease with his uh, yo-yoing performances. He's actually Sydney's eighth highest average scorer this season. So it uh, does give you a bit of food for thought. He's only 23 and when he does play well, he scores quite well too. So I'm actually kind of thinking, you know, he's with the season that he's put together and, you know, if he can continue some good form towards the end of the year, he might be a really good forward target heading into next year. He's obviously definitely going to keep his forward status. Um, And, you know, once he rolls through that midfield, he can really rack up some points, Hef. 
Yeah, there's a lot of these Sydney guys that uh, I guess we'll talk about a few more of them in a minute. But mm. Sydney at this stage where they, we were probably going to find the next kind of fantasy contributor, the big fantasy contributors for, for Sydney. Yeah. And I think Papley's probably one of them, I think. I think Georgie Hewitt's another one I've got yeah. uh, a bit of time for. So he's just really consistent. He just seems to get his 20-odd touches a week and scores a lot of points with his tackles, which we do love. Uh, 85 on the weekend and he's bumped his average up to 76 for the year after a slow start. So he's another one who's 23 and I think he's one that takes the next step obviously JK uh, Josh Kennedy's on his way out uh, next year or so and Luke Parker had a quiet game so Georgie Hewitt was you know stepping up and taking a bit of that responsibility which I do like so he's one just to keep an eye on too um, just you know just super consistent Borderline keeper, but uh, yeah, still very reliable. Yep. Uh, James Rowbottom, one we did talk about last week as well. 77 from 73% time on ground. He scores well um, points per minute wise. Um, he just had the 12 touches, but 12 tackles. So 48 points coming from tackles for an 18 year old kid. Oh, I just love that because, um, you know, you know, young and just gets in there, does the hard stuff. And, you know, if you can just keep a uh, bit more game time, bit more, a few more touches, he could be a real fantasy jet, I reckon. Uh, Levi Casbolt, big 100 for the guy. I don't think he does that very often, so a bit yeah. of a tip of the cap to him. But uh, if you look at his last month, he's gone 53, 87, and 81. So uh, under David Teague's definitely having a bit of a different role. So yeah, sure. uh, just a one to watch, especially if you need someone to plug a gap because he's got that back forward status. So you know, have um, it next year as well. So. Yeah, so just keep an eye out if you do need someone to fill a gap uh, in a you know pretty sparse league because uh, he could be handy. Matty Kennedy. No, 37 points from him on the weekend. He is ice, ice cold. And I just got a question. Has a player's value ever dropped so much as his has? You know, two or three years ago when he left GWS, it was all, you know, yeah. he's going to be the next thing. And, you know, he, he had some good fantasy numbers uh, at GWS and then he's got to Colton and he's just turned to shit. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with him, to be honest. Uh, I guess interrupted preseason with him, or I don't know if it's interrupted, but interrupted early rounds. Mm. Just can't really find any form, can't really find a consistent spot on the side, but he's not really showing anything to kind of get that either. Yeah. Um, I don't know where he's at. He's probably someone you're going to have to go to a pool and take a punt on maybe next yeah. year in the draft. When your PB of the season's only 56, it's not good at all for a midfielder. Awful. And just Hugh Goddard, watch Hef. Uh, the new segment we're going to run each week oh, here. Please don't. Uh, look, he was very unlucky and he got injured. So um, the segment's probably short-lived for his 16 points, but, you know, it could have been anything. Uh, what stage of the game did he get injured in? Uh, second quarter. Okay, so he's probably on track for about 30-odd, 40-odd? Probably. Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah. Good. All right, move on. Good segment. <laughs> uh, Rightio, next game, Hawthorne versus Fremantle down in Tassie. Start off with the Hawks. Luke Bruce, he had a 92 and looks to return to a bit of form late in the season. I reckon he's a fantastic trade high-ish option because uh, there'll be the time of the year, um, you know, a few people are locking out their trades for the season. Um, heading into finals as a forward who can go big and if the Hawks get on a bit of a you know good form roll towards the end of the year he's one who's quite handy he's 28 years old so if you are giving him up you're not really giving away you know a player for the future which is fantastic but uh, I reckon he's got a bit of a trade high value now so act while act now while he's still hot yeah definitely hopefully he holds it for the rest of the season because um, he could be pretty handy going into finals oh big time but yeah I wouldn't be giving up heat for him though <coughs> No, but, you know, you might yeah. be able to get someone who, you know, fits in your team oh, and your sure. keeper's better if you're not really, um, you know, contending. Dan Howe, he had an 88 in his best game of the season. Uh, what I do like about him is he's holding his spot over guys like James Cousins, who was playing pretty well earlier on in the year. 
He's going to be tough to hold as a mid-only 80-ish kind of guy, but worth just um, looking at his rest of the season, see how he goes, see if he stays in the team. Yeah. And could be one that you want to look look to redraft earlier next year. I think he's just getting pushed out, especially with Tom Mitchell coming back in next year as well. It might be tough for him. See how it all folds, unfolds. Uh, Grant Birchall, very, very nice return to footy from the old man. He had 80 points from only 66% time on ground. So um, as a guy, he's only 66% owned as well. He's a nice little pickup option off the waiver wire as a backman. So... If you look at him um, when he was playing regularly a few years ago, he was kind of good for four to five tons a year and, and that kind of average 80 backman, which is quite handy. So he's only 31, but I reckon he might be a nice little pickup for players uh, playing finals because uh, the Hawks like the ball in his hands. He kicks it a lot and uh, knows how to score. Yeah, no, he's, he's always been kind of, you know, pretty consistent scorer. And then I think over the last couple of years, people have always picked him up thinking, you know, if when he comes back later in the year, he's going to be really handy, you know, yeah. for me come finals, especially my contending. Never does, but this year it actually might come to fruition and, yeah, work out for some people. This could be the year. Uh, moving on to Fremantle, just another annoying kind of games from Luke Ryan and Connor Blakely. They're bloody yo-yoing and probably costing a few players' teams. I would just be keeping the faith. It's been a bit of a mixed, um, you know, season for Fremantle. So, uh, just hold on to them if you are owners of them. Don't sell them for nothing. Rory Lobb, he hit back with 89 points, 13 touches and 24 hitouts. I think he's going to be extremely valuable commodity come next year. He'll hold that ruck forward status and uh, he was basically rucking with Sean Darcy who had 24 hitouts as well. So uh, plenty of points to share around and it seems that Lobb just has that fantasy game uh, at Fremantle which is very, very exciting. Uh, your boy Andrew Brayshaw Heffy he had 82 which was his highest score of the season uh, 17 touches and 8 tackles but uh, still a very low time on ground 77% and he's really only playing 70% of time on ground this season which is a crazy crazy stat so um, if I was you mate don't get too sucked into any trade offers coming through I'd be keeping the faith because not a coming mate don't worry <laughs> and uh, um well, they might be one soon if I send one through. But uh, look, that low time on ground stuff does kind of give me a bit of hope for him because uh, you know his, we know his numbers haven't been fantastic as to what we thought they might be this year. Could be a big case of second year blues, but when you're only averaging 70% time on ground, it makes it hard to get those big numbers out. When you head to the uh, DT Live um, data view, uh, you have a look at the points per minute. So they organise everyone's points per minute basically per game. And some of the players around him, I can't actually remember off the top of my head. I did take a screenshot to send to someone who did uh, pay me out for trading him in the other day. Yeah. Um, but there's some very good players comparable that are scoring at similar times. I know Lockie Weller was someone who's very close by. I know he's been yeah. down the last few weeks and things like that, but people were giving up a lot for him to get mm. him in their sides. And uh, he's for the time he's spending on ground, he's actually scoring quite well. Yeah. Interesting kind of stuff to take note of. Yeah. Uh, one guy who has fallen from grace uh, in that whole Fremantle lineup is Adam Chera. So um, 39 on the weekend, and he's only, only averaging 56 for the season. And that takes into consideration he did have a ton against the Gold Coast earlier in the year. So he might be one of the worst contenders for second year blues in the history of the game. Um, almost unkeepable, even with his back forward status. I so think. he's not someone you keep the faith with? Well, what have you got? You know, yeah. he's still he's playing, you know, decent time on ground numbers. Um, you know, if you're averaging 56, you know, Brayshaw's still in the 60-ish kind of mark and, you know, low time on ground numbers. Chera has just kind of fallen off the cliff. Yeah, I flagged him a bit you know, a couple of weeks ago as maybe just kind of turned out to be one of those role player types. He mm. just kind of plays a, plays a small forward role, plays a lockdown defensive role, wherever they kind of need him to go. And, uh, you know, kind of valuable for his team, but not really valuable in fantasy. Bit of a shame, really. Yeah. And on to the game of the round, the Dons versus the Roos. We'll kick off with the... <laughs> The champion side, Essendon, uh, Anthony, McDonald, Tiff and Woody, I have nothing to say about your fantasy game, but I just want to say I love you 
very, very much. Well, uh, I, didn't even, I didn't even see that game. And, you know, by, by Sunday morning, I managed to see it about five times already. Just everywhere I looked, this goal was... Yeah. I was literally sitting above him when he kicked the goal. Yeah, nice. Amazing. But the, um, the the other goal he kicked, the second goal of the year nomination or whatever, was a bloody good snag too. So. Yeah, a few good goals in the weekend, actually. Yeah, he was on fire. Um, on to the fantasy stuff. Connor McKenna, he had a very, very good game. He had 90 points and plenty of run. The issue with him is that his scoring ability is limited because he never really marks the ball because he always gets the hands off from, you know, someone who he's running past. And he always, he, oh, sorry, and he never really tackles. So he's limited. He kicks a lot, but he doesn't actually get a lot of those other three or four pointers, which really hurt his uh, hurt his fantasy game. So um, don't get too sucked into his flashy brilliance, but because uh, he doesn't quite have all the tools to be a fantasy jet. Uh, Dylan Clark, he's a tackling machine, loves the four pointers. Um, he's obviously tagging at the moment and doing a very, very good job of that. But what is good is he's getting midfield minutes because of that. So, very interesting to see where his career goes and one that is going to be very interesting to monitor for the rest of the year because I do think he could be a very handy fantasy player. Um, obviously, you know, he's building into that side and, and getting his uh, foot into the door and um, playing a bit of a different role. But I do think that he's got some uh, fantasy pedigree. So, stick with him um, and definitely could be worth just holding one spot for him as a keeper next year. Yeah, that score did uh, prick my ears up a little bit, so mm. interested now. Yeah. Uh, Benny Brown, it's amazingly his only ton for the year. I kind of would have thought he might have had a few more with a few bags he's kicked, but he is climbing up the Coleman ladder and uh, could be quite handy for the rest of the year, uh, especially if they do try and feed him if he does get close to the Coleman, which um, always does tend to happen towards the end of the year. The issue with him is that it was probably his defense, his, his easiest defensive matchup this season, especially with Hurliar injured uh, throughout that game. Um, basically, just had to have Hooker, which is, you know, not the toughest uh, contest around. But you know, if you look at his next three games, he's probably got Harris Andrews, Jeremy McGovern, and James Sicily as uh, his next three opponents. So he might have a bit of a tougher time. So I do think he's worth kind of bringing in if you do need some forward uh, forward backup or a F five because he can score on his day and potentially can win you a flag. Uh, Cam Zerha, he was very. Very, very good. Uh, very keen on him. Can take a good grab and is a very nice size. Knows where the goals are. I think he could be a bit of a better Jack Zebel yeah. in a way because uh, he's got that size. Um, Jack Zebel's been pretty up and down. But uh, look, he's only 21 and I do like him for 2020 plus. Yeah, it's going to be interesting with North Melbourne. You know, you got Ben Cunnington, you got Jack Higgins, you got uh, Sean Higgins, sorry, you got, uh, um, and then. Uh, Jack Zebel, sorry, mm. uh, coming to the end of their careers or, you know, getting older and getting on a bit. And there's going to be yep. younger guys moving back through uh, this midfield or moving mm. into this midfield, sorry. So it's going to be very interesting to see where guys like Zerha or even players like Ahern or guys like that who actually might slot into these roles mm. over the next few years and see how they go. And if you think about it, like your Simpkins and your Davies Uniacs and all those yeah, guys, exactly. they're quite slight guys, whereas yeah. Zerha's that big bull. So yep. uh, kind of gets to go there. Yep. And Robbie Tarrant's an interesting one for me. He had 22 touches and 11 marks in his 107. And he's usually someone I'd write off straight away but if you look at it since Reece Shaw's come in he's got a big bump in his form he scored uh, 72 and 81 in his two games prior so um, he's only 46% owned and is solid as a rock in his last three weeks so if you do need some back um, back back up uh, Robbie Tarrant could be the guy because um, you know he's had a pretty solid last month so um, obviously enjoying the new coach all right, onto the Gold Coast Suns versus Adelaide game. What do you reckon, Kays? Was Don Pite laughing at Gold Coast or was he laughing at uh, Eddie Betts and Tex? No, that was just the biggest media beat up I've ever seen in my I whole entire life. I think Stuart Jew just wanted something to like rev his team up with and took that and then the, everyone just kind of took it literally. The best thing is we can't confirm what they were laughing yeah, at, yeah. but we're pretty sure it was laughing at the opposition. How yeah. the hell do you get to that? Like know. Someone could have farted or something like that. Jeez, <laughs> like, there's funnier things than laughing at how shit Gold Coast are. I think when you are 100 points up as well, you're kind of not as serious about the game as well. So you no. could do something stupid in the commentary box or someone 
Chuck would say something stupid, yeah. you'll start laughing too. Dear Lord, yeah. the world's gone crazy. Uh, anyway, Pierce Hanley from the Suns, uh, 92 from 24 touches there. Uh, might be one of those guys you can chase as a back option for finals. He's been pretty solid uh, this season. He's averaging 76 since he returned from injury uh, earlier on in the year. Basically, the Suns have no one else you know, who are doing anything at the moment. So, a um, bit of uh, time for Pierce Hanley there. And not much else to talk about for them, but I do like how Jack Lacocious is tracking. So, he's gone 66, 63 and 70 in his last three games. And I think they're really good signs for a young, tall, you know, skinny bloke in a shitty team. So, you know, if he can be scoring those kind of things, getting around the ground nicely, taking the grabs, he does have the makings of a very nice fantasy player, I think. Yeah, they've been playing him behind the ball a little bit more and, you know, using that kind of elite kicking skills that he's got. And uh, it's a good sign of things to come because, you know, we said, kind of said this earlier in the season, he's the potential like to be able to like, kind of like Franklin or like Pavlich was that you can put him in for stints in the midfield and they can still mm-hmm. carve up there. Yeah. Um, you know, put him across halfback and, you know, dominate. Or, you know, one of those players is going to be very hard to go with yeah. uh, in the future. So, I reckon coaches wherever he ends up because he might not stay at Gold Coast there's talk in the media today that he's not signing a new contract anytime soon mm. that uh, anyway wherever he does end up um, he's going to be wherever they play him he could be uh, quite damaging as a fantasy player going forward yeah, I think so and maybe not next year but probably 2021 be the yeah, go yeah. I reckon uh, Riley O'Brien 96 points from 19 touches 6 tackles and 36 hit outs, which is a pretty good effort against Chad Witts who's a very good ruckman Really, his score could have been anything because he gave away seven free kicks, which is basically the equivalent of 21 points there. So, uh, could have been a ton there. The good thing is if you are owning him, he's going to play Zach Clark on Friday night, which he will absolutely monster because Zach Clark is horrible at football, uh, especially at rucking. Um, And I think he's just going to be a fantastic fantasy ruckman going forward. Yeah, it's it's funny because like um, the only people that were really interested in him were Sam Jacobs owners as a handcuff, but he's... Someone we flagged in the breakout tracker earlier in the year, like you know, before the season started, we did the episode on that, and we basically said from what he's produced as a from this amount of you know experience is amazing, you know, and it looks like he's going to actually be a fantasy player if he gets a go at it, and mm. it's kind of come to fruition now. So just uh, yeah, maybe sign up and get onto the breakout tracker yeah. earlier next year. Yes, do that, <laughs> do that very much. So. Uh, Rory Atkins, I think he's another sell high option. So we're coming into this time of the year, he's coming off that big 123 points against the Gold Coast, and look, he can go big or. Can can go mediocre so he's kind of a bit of a risky really hold because he's 25 years old and just a mid only so I do think if um, you know people are chasing that flag he could be one that you could tempt people in because he does have the big highs um, and kind of is a bit of a tricky keeper proposition I think so um, if you do have him and you aren't contending I think he might be an okay sell high option there I don't know how much you'd get for him but you might get something that would be good going forward yeah once again you know you're bottoming out these guys who are moving him on so you know take what you need and Riley Knight he had 94 points and um, I think he's too good and too important not to be in the Crows side going forward so he's a centre forward but runs through the guts quite a bit and 73 average this season which is quite handy so um, just one to keep an eye on to see how he continues the rest of the season probably a lot of people on, on, on a lot of people's benches out there and someone you might want to start considering as a you know starting on the field yeah for sure uh, Geelong and St Kilda have your game yeah Graham Myers had 23 touches 5 marks and a goal uh, he's definitely going to be considered in the future still probably that little bit inconsistent now but has all the makings of a decent fantasy scorer somebody should keep that forward status as well um, but yeah no, and, he actually, and he actually manages to get points from playing that forward role as well. I think with guys like him who are playing that first year of footy and they're playing basically every 
every week. You know, you see it with the Rosies, Butters, Dersmars, they're kind of on the fantasy slide a bit towards the end of the year because it is a big season to get up for your first year. But, yeah. you know, what he's shown this year, I've, I've got plenty of time for him for sure. Uh, Jordan Clark continues his run of form, uh, 75 points, 15 disposals, 7 marks, 5 tackles. So 75 this week, not as good as the last few weeks. But, uh, you know, those, I guess there's a clear change of role there. He's just getting more of the pill over the next last few weeks. So he's kind of, I don't know, confidence is boosting, I don't know. Uh, but he's using the ball well as well. So that kind of equates to him kicking it more, so getting it on his boot and uh, Geelong trying to get in his hands a little bit more. And he's at 87 average from his past three. So he's definitely one to trade for for the future. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, in our league, a mad Geelong supporter's got him and there's no chance of getting him. Nope, he's locked away for years. <laughs> uh, Hunter Clark, this is the big one for St. Kilda. 119 yeah. points, 25 disposals, seven marks and uh, five tackles to go with that. But he just racked them up across half back. Uh, usually you see these big scores, you might have, you know, might think like there's a run in the midfield or something going mm-hmm. on. But no, nah, he's just playing across half back, playing a serious defender role, you know, tackling a lot, taking marks, kicking the ball heap. So he's had 96 from his past three. So there's serious potential here. Uh, need to hope he has a few lower scores so players are keen to trade him. Otherwise, I don't think you've got any chance of getting him. No, nah, I love him a lot. Yeah. Um, was on him at the start of the year and yeah I think he's just he's got that potential and hopefully with uh, the new coach he can get a bit more time around the midfield and back on to Richmond versus GWS uh, Sydney Stack uh, he's the only he was the only real uh, keeperly relevant player in this game for me uh, except for one other guy which we'll talk about after this but uh, yeah he had 81 points 18 touches 4 marks and a goal um, if you don't have waivers he should be in a lot of draft pools next year mm-hmm. because he was picked up after most people would have done their drafts yep. I guess so um, yeah I'd Maybe start thinking about now if you can trade picks now to kind of maybe move up in the draft to get a player like this or figure out where he would go in your draft because he's definitely one uh, jumping worth jumping on, I think. Agreed. Uh, Shy Bolton had 115 points, 29 touches, six marks, six tackles and a goal. Um, he's getting some midfield time as well. So what do you think, Case? I just laugh every time this comes up because I can't believe that guy tweeted it, but tweeted us about him, you know, in the preseason thinking he might be a good show. Yeah. And, and, and he's, we kind of laughed him off and said, nah, don't worry, don't be silly. But well, uh, well, let's take him to the end of the season to actually come to fruition. But doesn't matter. This is yeah. when you can really bank in and, uh, yeah. you know, lock your spot in for the future. Um, well, this is when you can really start to rub it into uh, Keeper League podcast hosts. <laughs> exactly. They got it wrong. But, you know, look, he's, he's had two massive weeks in a row now. Um, it'll be interesting to see what they do with him. I think he got the Rising Star nomination too. So, yeah. um, you know, it'll be interesting to see what Richmond do with him and, you know, how, you know, what he does with their side and, you know, what he adds to their midfield as well. So, yeah. um, I'm kind of interested. Yeah, so it's also interesting as well that Richmond play the rest of their games the MCG and he seems to be playing good footy there as well. Yep. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Definitely monitor closely. Another one that probably could be in a lot of pools as well. Uh, Nick Haynes had 101 points, 20 disposal and 11 marks. He pulls out some really good scores, uh, scores sorry, yeah. for, a, for a big man. So, he's worth owning as cover at least. Uh, you know, he might be more field depending on how your defence is going. Hmm. Uh, Harry Perryman, your man, Kays, yep. uh, 98 points, 27 disposals, 6 marks. Uh, I reckon the kid's getting too good for the podcast. Yes. And he's probably responsible for the demise of Heath Shaw. Although, I think Heath Shaw is maybe is coinciding with Gold Coast, uh, sorry, GWS's performance as well. Every time they lose, he seems to go pretty shit. So maybe they should start kicking to him more. Front, front runner. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, maybe that's the that's the issue. Yeah. Uh, Brent Daniels, uh, ninety five points, twenty two disposals, and eight marks. Um, would want to see this more, uh, like say so more going on with yeah. his scores this year. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's only averaging fifty seven. So you know, let's hopefully he can pull this out a bit more. But nothing to really uh, take home here. And uh, Ian Bobby Hill on debut, uh, sixty five points after kicking three goals. Mm. So he made our top 20 draftees from junior form uh, in the early podcast that we released to our patrons. Um, so I don't think 
that is might not translate to you know AFL form to see a game like this. And he was very impressive. Like had a lot of flashy. I think he described himself. He's got a lot of magic, and he that's what he described to the uh, commentators before his first game. Um, so yeah, he was pretty pretty uh, confident in his own ability. But uh, yeah, so, which is pretty much what we saw. You know, pretty handy when he gets the ball, but doesn't get a heap of it to actually yep. boost those fantasy scores. He was pretty low down in that order. He was about twentieth. He was the last. Yeah, 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 last top. Yeah, bit of a flyer there. But yeah, yeah. Um, you know, one of those guys. You know, if you're kicking goals and you can build on that, it's always good. The talent was. Yeah, like, mm. it was amazing to watch, oh, yeah. but yeah. Uh, Bulldogs and Melbourne. Uh, watch this in the airport heading back to Adelaide from Melbourne. Uh, Taylor Dre, he was almost everywhere on the weekend. 31 touches and 13 marks for 129, which is a huge score for a backman. Um, look, he's it's crazy, but he's a he's solid enough back, shop, back option, but you, obviously these big scores from him aren't going to be the norm. Um, he's always that, you know, 60, 70 kind of scorer. Um, good on you Good on you if you're playing him on the weekend, but uh, I just don't think you can expect anything like this for the rest of the year, unfortunately. Uh, Josh Shackey, he had 80 points from one goal. He looked really good in patches out there, and uh, I really hope that the dogs give him the rest of the season to develop and um, have a kick out there because he was someone I was actually kind of keen on in the preseason, and I just want to monitor him, monitor him for, the rest of the, for the rest of this season because I do think he has a bit of fantasy ability. It's just, you know, he's always um, been a bit... Um, in and out of the side and his forms fluctuated a bit but uh, I do think he does have that that big engine and big tank to get around the ground and get uh, plenty of touches yeah not for me but the 80 points from money kicking one goal is obviously a, a good sign yeah uh, Bailey Williams my boy finally hit some consistency he's uh, had a few scores in the 70s now 78 from 76% time on ground obviously still not you know huge and what we kind of expected at the start of the year but uh, found his spot in the side thank god uh, if you look at his heat map it's actually very back focused so um, monitor him for the rest of the season and hopefully he holds that back status and, uh, you know, kind of is a bit relevant coming into next year. Uh, on to Melbourne, Harrison Petty had his best game of his career. He had 10 touches and three goals for 78 points. Um, he has played six games this season um, and, you know, only... Um, you know, averaging about that 50-60 mark. And if you look at him in the VFL numbers, just to kind of uh, see where that sits, he's kind of a 70 average midfielder there. So not yeah. one to get too excited about yet, but he is still quite young. Obviously playing footy in your second year and kicking three goals is a good effort. And lastly, Braden Proust, only the 45 points and 14 hitouts from him with big Maxi Gordon back in the side. So looks like a bit of a bust when uh, not playing solo, I think. So unfortunately, if you're just a Proust owner and not a Gorn owner, not good news for you. But but um, obviously no stress, no stress if you own Gorn because he popped out 100 anyway. So, um, yeah, Braden Proust experiment is not working well. All right, on to uh, Port Adelaide versus Brisbane. Sack Shouldn't game. you be happy? Um, each time you lo- win, you say, and you lose, you say. Like, can you just be happy for once? No, I can try to be happy uh, in a few weeks' time when uh, Ken hands in his resigna- resignation, hopefully. Anyway. Uh, Darcy Byrne Jones, 114 points. Uh, he had a big game. He's one of the few defenders that actually stood up. He racked up loose ball and uh, took six marks, crossed back, and he's a good wet weather player too. So these mm. conditions uh, really suit him because his disposal is not the greatest, but it doesn't really matter in these games. Uh, Hamish Hartlett, uh, 93 points, 19 touches, and seven tackles. Um, it's probably 
almost time to stop talking about him. Uh, I hope just everyone jumped on when we talked about him, you know, coming back mid-season or he was probably going to be available. Or people would've, You would have been going to get him cheap in uh, trades and things like that. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, like we said, he's going to be an 80-ish, you know, average defender, which is super handy for your side. Uh, for Brisbane, uh, Lincoln McCarthy had 89 points, 20 disposals, eight tackles and a couple goals. He's averaging 92 since the bye, yeah. so it's a great run of form. Can it continue? Well, I think it might. Yeah, so, well, I guess it coincides with how well Brisbane are playing. That's true, but you know yeah. Brisbane are basically full strength as well, so it's not yeah, like yeah. anyone's coming back in and stealing a particular role. And so. I think Brisbane are going to be a good side for time to come, so yep. could be actually a decent option. Yeah, monitor very, very closely. Crazy. Uh, Charlie Cameron, eighty-four points and four goals. Uh, gun player, but the fantasy game just isn't there. You know, yeah. like he's got probably going to be, he's in all Australian talk like right now. Yeah, as a as a, a small forward, sorry, but uh, again, that just doesn't equate to good fantasy scoring. Unfortunately not. Yeah. All right, that wraps up the round rewind and we'll move on to From the Twos. to From the Twos, the segment where we look at the uh, top five state league scorers from each league and talk about their relevance going into the senior side. So from the Sandful, the uh, Port Adelaide and Crows played each other on the weekend and Port got up. So there's a lot of Port players in uh, discussion here, but we'll start off with Matthew Broadbent, who had a huge 158 points. Uh, he's in real contention this week with uh, Burton yeah. coming up. Yeah. Same with Jared Lena. He had 126 mm. and he's averaging 102 at Sandful level as well. So he's another one that could come in. Uh, it's just a lot of, you know, guys to actually come back in from that didn't play last week as well yep. uh, Boyd Woodcock another Port Adelaide uh, junior he had 113 points Willem Drew had 112 another one that comes into contention Sam Jacobs 108 uh, top scorer for the Crows but uh, no chance in my book Kays what do you think no nah, no chance on to the VFL yeah, Tommy Campbell. Jeez, he's had a good season of VFL football. 157 for him. He's averaging 125 this season. Crazy numbers. Josh Caddy should come straight back into the Richmond side. He had 134 points there. Mark Pitney, 131 from him. Uh, handy Ruckman there. Corey Wagner, 127. Could be a chance for the Ds. And David Myers, surely no chance. 127 points from him, though. Uh, onto the Neeful, Ryan Clark, your man Kay's had yes. another huge 151. He loves the State League stuff, doesn't he? Just get him in the side horse. <laughs> uh, Jackson Haley had 126. He's very close to being played this weekend. Mm-hmm. Riley Stoddard had 121. The two-metre Peter had 119. That's Peter Wright for those playing at home. And Robbie Fox had 114 points for Sydney. The Waffle, Jake Waterman, 154. That's a big uh, game from him. My boy Bailey Banfield, 113, just kills the waffle when he goes back there. Uh, the other Bailey Williams, uh, West Coast Variety, had 103 points. Just on, ba- on Bailey Williams and I guess the next guy as well, the mm. Nick Nui's out and there's yep. a few of these guys, uh, Ruckman going well for West Coast in the state leagues. Uh, Kegan Brooksby's the next guy we'll talk about. He had 101, but yeah. uh, it could be interesting one of those guys coming in. Never, You know, you don't really consider either I of those. I think but Brooksby is, might be a big show. Yeah, so yeah. interesting to see there, especially if you're a, um, yeah AFL fantasy player and yeah, yeah. you don't need a little make a bit of cash uh, and Josh Smith lastly 99 points from him pretty reliable scorer just can't get a game in the ones nope alright let's move on to the captain's call
Alright, on to the captain's call. Uh, the same when we look at the kind of left field captain options. Not the first guys you think about when picking your number one man, but some guys that uh, have either good history or some guys that we think will go well this weekend. So first cab off the rank is Rowan Marshall's just in super form at the moment. Oh, yeah. uh, 113 average from his last five, 117 from his last three, and he had 122 last week. So I don't know if you've got no one else, chuck the captaincy on that guy because he will keep that ball rolling. More importantly, he plays against my boy Tim English. Oh, there we go. The guy loves giving up points <laughs> to Ruckman. Uh, Tom Rockliffe uh, didn't look great last week, but he had 112. Oh, sorry, he averages 112 versus Richmond and also 108. The MCG likes playing there. So uh, I think the other, the other game he played there this year, he had a huge 140-odd. So Point keep point. in mind mm-hmm. there. Uh, Brad Crouch, uh, he averages 99 at Adelaide Oval. So one to think about. Dane Zorko also averages 101 at the Gabba. Rory Sloan plays Essendon. He averages 102 against them throughout his career and also 108 at Adelaide Oval. <laughs> Travis Boke averages 103 versus Richmond. Uh, quite a week last week, and it's actually kind of worrying because when Brad Avery got injured, he went up forward. So I don't know if that actually you know tips him. <laughs> into a but yeah, in terms uh. of numbers, um, he actually goes all right against Richmond as well. So just one to think about. I'd be wary of that one. Uh, Lockie Neal averages 106 against uh, North Melbourne. So... Decent one there. And average is 99 at the Gabba as well this season, so going pretty well. Tim Kelly averages 100 against Hawthorne, so one to think of. He's been a bit down as of late, but he's still averaging 100 this season, so should be near the mark. Uh... Yeah, Zach Merritt's been down a bit uh, the last few weeks as well. But at Adelaide Oval, he averages 115, so he likes to play there. Uh, Pendlebury plays GWS, but he is injured, isn't Out. he? So yep. that doesn't matter. But there's some good numbers there. <laughs> uh, Clayton Oliver averages 106 at uh, TIO Stadium. What's the other? What's the Adler Springs one called? There's two TIOs. Traeger Park. Traeger Park, that's the one. Um, yeah, so TIO, Traeger Park. He averages 106 there, so he goes okay. And then 100, no, sorry, 91 against West Coast too. Jared Lyons uh, just had a big score last week, uh, so we think he he's could, in form. Yeah, so he just could be one to think about. And we talked about it last week, but Riley O'Brien likes playing at Adelaide Oval. He averages ninety eight there. So Should another kill one. Zach Clark. <laughs> What's that? He should kill Zach Clark too. So yeah, both of those Ruckman options are very good considering who they're going up against. So yeah, definitely. Interesting to keep in mind. All right, that's the captain's call. On to our favourite segment, the uh, listener tweets. Actually, we'll do that just in a second, but we'll talk about the Patreon. So all those numbers come from our Patreon page. That's the State League numbers and the projections and plus the weekly waiver wire pickup mini episode. Uh, we did have a new subscriber this week and that was uh, someone by the name of Paul. We didn't leave a surname. but Welcome, uh, Paul. Welcome, Paul, to the group. Uh, if you want want to join Paul and uh, get in on all this action, head to patreon.com slash keeper league pod. All right. Now on to the listener tweets. Okay, moving on to the listener tweets. First one this week comes from at 17 What is Hunter Clark worth? I'm trying to make a trade for him and picks are what it looks like it'll come to. What do you think, Kays? Well, obviously, I'm very, very keen on Hunter Clark. Look, it obviously depends on what picks you uh, have to get rid of and, you know, what your, your team makeup is. But I suppose the thing with him is uh, interesting to see what status he has in terms of fantasy next year. Will he have the back status again or, you know, will it just be a mid-center or, you know, a mid-back or something like that? So if you are going to trade for picks, I'd probably suggest uh, holding off until 
pre-season once we kind of know what their um, their fantasy uh, positions will be. So if you are, I've, I've got no issues getting rid of picks, especially early pick for someone who I think has plenty of talent. So I'd just be wary of, um, you know, potentially pulling the trigger before the end of this season. Um, Rightio, question at Trav104, 014, sorry. Can Lena get back into the power side? And talking grassroots footy, what's the best at ground meal you guys have had? Oh, geez, getting a bit abstract here. But anyway, great. We'll, um, we'll do the actual footy, AFL fantasy related stuff first. Mm. Um, all right, so. Lean it. Uh, he performed well in the twos on the weekend. Uh, Burton out with this injury could see him back in, but you'd think Houston, Dersma and Broadman would come in before him. Um, but he might be close. I think we might, well, Port Adelaide might be start swinging the axe soon and just trialling a few different players in different spots and things like that. So wouldn't be surprised if he comes back in, but uh, I think we might have another week or so to wait. Mm. Uh, in terms of the grassroots uh, footy food uh, that we get at the local footy games, well, I, as an ex-Walkerville uh, footballer, I do like the Walkerville Kransky and Can't beat him. Nuri on a Thursday. Thursday night after the games did amazing schnitties, the uh, Brossa small goods up there. They did. did do a good thing and the, and the gravy was also to die for as well. <laughs> what do you think, guys? Uh, from my time up in the Barossa, uh, Kapunda always had really good hot dogs from memory okay. uh, and good chips and gravy there too. So if you do go to Cold Dog Kapunda, get a hot dog in you. And uh, locally, this year I was very impressed with uh, Paraka Footy Club. They did a fantastic burger for about six or seven bucks straight, yeah. off the, uh, straight off the barbie. Lots of condiments, lots of uh, additions. It was fantastic. Um, uh, never got a chance to play at Paraka, but uh, these burgers nice are making local, me uh, consider it's making good. a comeback. Good, yeah. it's good. Um, at Rust two four six eight, I had a stinker regarding the selection of my non-premo backs and forwards, with four tons and a ninety left on the bench. What are the top five? teams in 2019 for conceding points in their forward or back lines. Man, that hurts. Four tons and a 90 left on the bench. Yeah, that sucks. That's <laughs> really bad. Um, so forwards are scoring the best against Richmond, Fremantle and Hawthorne. So you play forwards against those sides and you're going to go, okay. Uh, backs are scoring the most against Melbourne, Fremantle and North Melbourne this season. So, so as a rule, just play people against Fremantle. Yeah, it seems like Fremantle is a fairly consistent one there. So yeah, giving up a few fantasy points. Uh Nicholas James asks, what the fuck is going on with Angus Brayshaw? Uh, what should owners do with him? So I guess last week he had a bit of a cork. He was off for most of the first quarter, I think. I think he rallied okay to get something half mm. decent for mm. the time he spent. But over the last month, he's had only a time on ground in the 70%, like around the mid-70s mark. So yeah, I'm not sure, really sure what's going on. I think they just opted, you know, Vonnie back in the side, I guess. And then I think Nathan Jones started playing there a bit more as well. I'm not really sure what's going on, Case. I just think if you are a Brayshaw owner, what's the point of trading him? Because you just going to get unders for, for him. Yeah. So, look, I know sometimes you have to suck up uh, bad scores. You know, yeah. I wish I did that with uh, Josh Dunkley early this year. Yeah. Um, but, you know, look, obviously people go through form form patches. You know, he could have a shit year this year and then bounce back and be another 110-plus scorer next year. So, you look, obviously it helps if you're not contending because you can just write the season off and go from there. But yeah. um, with those guys, it's bloody hard to get your value worth, I think, um, especially for a primo. And with Melbourne as well, whatever they're doing this year isn't working. So, they're going to have to change something, whether it be game plan or whatever whatever next year, but something yeah. will be different and hopefully that positively affects uh, Brayshaw going forward. Agreed. All right, uh, Marty Williams, uh, sorry, at MLWIL4. Um, for those of us looking to 2020, Me. which of the top ranked forwards, Dunkley, Danger, Kelly, Billings, Heaney, Warple, Walters, Daniel, are likely to keep their position status next year? Well, Dunkley, no chance in hell. Uh, Kelly, probably the same. Um 
Warpool probably not either. So you're looking at Danger potentially, uh, Billings probably, Heaney likely, Walters probably, and Daniel's no chance because he's been playing back. Um, the bloody heat maps weren't working today on the AFA website. Yeah, I noticed to go look. So yeah. everyone was just playing, you know, like 50% and everyone's getting uh, all middle ground stuff. So yeah. unfortunately, it's all gut feel there. Uh, all that stuff is on the AFA website if you do want to look at heat maps and that's how they work out positions going forward. So where people are getting their touches. Um, but I did look at Heaney a few weeks ago and he did just seem very very midfield centric, yeah. not a lot of forward. He, you know, and even Walters has been playing a lot in there, but obviously he kicks a lot of goals, so that yeah. helps him there too. And Billings, the kind of same. I'd be sticking with those four out of that that kind of eight or nine players there, but um, it's not. It's kind of crazy because it wouldn't be if you said none of those guys are keeping forward status. I'd probably be like, yeah, that's probably fair. But you know, you always need to have some forwards, otherwise it's just going to be you know you know you have to play ten midfielders in a competition. So uh, I reckon they're the guys you can kind of lock in to to keep that status. Uh, and last question from James Taranto, obviously Timmy's brother. Um, <laughs> name undervalued options across the lines to target who can win you a grand final, e.g. Taylor Adams. Subsequently, is it worth um, forgoing Rosie or Jordan Clark type to them? So obviously, you know, who, which guys who are probably experienced can come in towards the, the last six, four or six weeks of the season, get you some big scores and, you know, who are the kind of types you can give up for that? Yeah, well, whether it's worth giving up Rosie and Jordan Clark for these kind of types that I'm about to list, it all depends on, I guess, your league size as well, how many you can actually stash away. Like, if I would say, if, you, if you've, you know, if you've got a chance to win the flag, do what you can to secure it, because it's just, your team can fall away so quickly. You know, you could lose a few positional statuses, so, you, you know, then you're down three forwards or three backs or something yep. like that. Yep. Um, you know, take every chance you've got to grab a flag, because it might take a long time for it to come back, the opportunity to come back. Uh, so, in terms of players that are underperforming, that could go like big, so I guess with uh, Richardson sacked I think Seb Ross might be a chance of actually mm-hmm. coming back to form yep. um, Justin Westoff now I wouldn't be surprised if he gets dropped this week and I reckon though over the last kind of month of this uh, this year he'll be given an opportunity to play for his career I think and uh, he plays Frio in round 23 so whether that's a farewell game or play for your career we mentioned before that they're giving a lot of points mm-hmm. so um, and I, I guess last year when I, my team made the grand final I had Brendan Goddard and Michael Barlow both playing farewell games and they both went 110 plus I think Michael Barlow was 134 and Goddard was about 116 mm-hmm. basically won me the game those two players they were probably the difference when you compare them to the average over the year. So, uh, you know, think about these guys that could be going big. So, Gary Ablett as well, I'm um, not yep. sure what he'll be doing next year, but uh, it looks like he might be finished, especially if Geelong go uh, all the way, might be the end. So, Gary Ablett might be, uh, although they'll play finals, so it won't, round 23 won't really matter, but there could be players that want to get rid of him because he might not be playing next season. Uh, he sure plays Gold Coast in the last round, so he could go ham there as well. And then just blokes that really aren't in the side that probably don't have a lot of value in the morning uh, at the moment, but could, could come back into contention later in the year. So, people like Bryce Gibbs or like Nankervis who's injured um, yeah. I'm not really sure who else Kay's you got any other ideas uh, I don't have any off the top of my head but if you look at I think you know if you're really serious about kind of get this flag look at who which matchups coming in through the end of the season so yeah. you know we've talked about that Fremantle will give up a lot of points um, you know Porter playing them in the last round of the year uh, Gold Coast are horrible they concede a lot of points um, they're playing GWS so you know if you can kind of you know figure out who might have a bit of a weaker run home in terms of um, you know teams and where, where people can score points potentially target a few of those players even if they're fringe players you know even someone super random like a off the top of my head like a Riley Knight kind of player yeah. you know if they were if the Crows are playing uh, Gold Coast in round six, uh, round 23 he might be a good one because people are willing to give him up for not much yeah. but you know could come and score you 90-100 and that could be the difference yeah for sure 
All right, uh, that wraps it up. No iTunes reviews again. That's three consecutive weeks. Please, people, li- listeners, we're begging you. Uh, we need uh, a few more if we can uh, yeah, get those. It'd be great to help us move up the ranks. So, um, yeah, honest opinions, it's fine. Just uh, tell us what you really think. But, yeah, uh, yeah a few iTunes uh, reviews would be nice if anyone's got a spare, uh, you know, five minutes to do it. Um, all right, that wraps it up. We'll plug the socials at Keeper League Pod in Facebook and Twitter. Head to our website, keeperleaguepod.com.au and hit up the Patreon, patreon.com slash keeperleaguepod. All right, Kay, is anything else from you? Uh, three weeks to go in the fantasy season, so yeah. good luck to you who are contending. Uh, unfortunate, you know, someone like me and you have who are just uh, we'll waiting for the, the years. Days, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> trying to figure out which of our 16 players might be our keepers, but uh, look, it's probably coming to crunch trade time too, so yeah, sure. um, trade try and, yeah, so if you're going to do it now, pull the trigger now, um, do your research as to who teams are playing late and uh, what's going on there. All right, hopefully I get a chance. Well, I will get a chance to watch some more football this weekend, so hopefully I'll be useful next week. But, uh, yeah, we'll talk to you then. Take it easy. See ya.